Basically, now we have to look at uh, some of the options and uh, how we agree as a team. Yes, help us discuss causes that are extracted directly itself, which we believe. Was it provide a framework that address and, and, and identified circuit and not only this, provide quality 
trying to find it. It's a second meeting now.
Recording stopped. Oh, okay. Okay. In the touch panel. On the touch panel. Okay, 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 okay. So in the in I got Yes, the, yes, I touched the, the, the camera person. I selected. Yes. Okay. Where is it? I, I, I connect the HDMI uh, hardware or uh, onto, onto the laptop. Wait, where is the, the, the HDMI cable? Where must I connect the HDMI cable? Into to my laptop. It's not a hardware, it's a software. Sorry. Okay.
Miss Abrams. Yes, Lindy. Can you hear us? So I can hear you in the background, yes, and it sounds a lot better. It doesn't sound like it's cutting. Okay, thank you. Uh, uh, Uti, can you hear us? Chulani and Linton, can you hear us from your side? Yes, Chair, we can hear you. Thanks very much. Who I'm being promoted as a chairperson.
Uh, you have to start again, department. I'm sorry for that. No problem. In fact, you were just on the... Yes. Slide number five. Okay, can you repeat yourself in terms of uh, informing us how many clauses have you decided upon and out of the meeting that you had? the state law advisor, the parliamentary advisor, and uh, the departmental advisor. Can you start there? Thank you. Over to you. Okay. Thank you, Honorable Chair, Honorable Members. Recording in progress. The agreement uh, was that, yes, we decided on 12 clauses uh, that will be extracted from the main bill. Uh, which form part of the Fosnake clauses that we, uh, deal that we'll be dealing with moving forward. All, there was consensus uh, between all the uh, advisors uh, present at the meeting. Uh, and, and I was indicating that even the clauses that uh, initially parliament had identified, the state law advisor had identified form part of the plan uh, that the department had identified. So there are no uh, new clauses uh, that came in as uh, as additional uh, in terms of that, uh, but there were just new clauses in terms of interconnectedness that we had identified uh, as we deliberated. That is clause one a in the document that is before you, and uh, clause ninety three uh, in a consequential. Uh, Clause, but it's not changing any position, it's just part of the clauses that we need uh, to look at. They are in 12 in number, so the new bill, uh, which we will be looking at later, uh, will be having those 12 clauses. And we had indicated that uh, the decision was taken based on the closeness or proximity of these particular clauses to foster care or to answering the court order uh, itself. Uh, not saying that some of the clauses that we have left out are completely not relevant in as far as foster care is concerned, but they are remotely connected and to those that are closely or directly linked at present for the purposes of processing uh, this particular bill. Uh, and we are we are saying all these clauses they seek to strengthen uh, the. Uh, comprehensive legal solution uh, as ordered by the North Carolina High Court. And these clauses include clause 1A, uh, 1E, and 1H, uh, which is the first clause that we look at. And we also look at clause 56 and also clause 57. And these two clauses, they look at uh, putting uh, structures and mechanisms uh, in place in order to deal with prospects. Because we understand that the court order itself has got two legs. It has got the comprehensive legal solution. It also has the requirement to put systems and processes in place in order to deal with the prospects. So these two are answering that part of the uh, judgment of the order. And also the, the clause uh, 24, in looking at the legal mechanisms uh, relating to foster care, Clause 24 is looking at issue of guardianship, uh, which we'll uh, discuss later because we had said uh, guardianship in, in terms of the jurisdiction of the children's courts. Let these courts 
and that's the jurisdiction we extended so that at the end of the day, the matters relating to guardianship can be attended to in, in that particular court. Also, clause 85, uh, issues of adoption, where we had said, uh, yes, there are so many other areas uh, related to adoption that would need uh, to be dealt with, but we, for now, we are focusing on clause 85, and then the rest will be dealt with in the other bill. But for clause 85, it will fit uh, for now for the purposes of this particular bill. And also clause uh, uh, 92, uh, and 93, which are uh, looking at uh, the cluster of the can. Uh, we also looked at laws 82, uh, which took to the determination of uh, uh, children uh, in, uh, who are at risk uh, as children who are in need of care and protection, who at the end of the day will have to fall into the foster uh, uh, care system. Uh, we also looked at clauses 83 and 84. Uh, which relates to the decisions that have to be made uh, in terms of the processes uh, that have to ensue in the courts when the issues of determination, whether the child is in need of care and protection and the issues of the court orders. And also the management of uh, foster care orders in terms of was 86, looking at the extension of foster care orders. Uh, read with uh, section 48 of the Act and also clause 94, which looks at the uh, provision of, uh, I'm sorry, supervision of foster care placements. We, we have attached in uh, into this presentation Annex A, uh, which will be the face of the new bill uh, that we'll be looking at and also uh, the updated metrics that speaks to the clauses uh, that we are referring to where we have uh, uh, given our response as a department in terms of how we feel uh, with regard to the comments uh, that have been uh, solicited uh, during public hearings uh, by uh, uh, Parliament. Uh, honorable members, in terms of clause uh, 1E, uh, we had said clause uh, 1A would be speaking to uh, the issue of uh, abandonment, uh, which we, we have taken into account. And now clause 1E will be looking at the, uh, the will contribute towards the comprehensive legal solution by minimizing the confusion regarding the responsibilities of the caregivers and being able to make a distinction from foster uh, parents that are not in a foster care scheme. So in order to draw that distinction, uh, which will assist in, in dealing with this. So it therefore streamlines uh, and the cluster foster care provisions, thus diversifying the foster care interventions. So that is the, the reason why we had to include uh, one year there. And then the definition of <laughs> Uh, well, 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 mute. Yeah. Hello. Hello. You can still hear you, Chairperson. Okay. Who was talking and disturbing us? Okay. Carry on. Okay. Clause 1H. 
one H will also assist uh, in terms of this bill uh, by uh, diversifying the foster care interventions and therefore contribute to the comprehensive legal solution as, as, as indicated. Then on that, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members of Clause 24, and we are saying in terms of this amendment, uh, it will uh, be another provision that will be looking at uh, various forms of care for children. So it is important uh, because the issues of abandonment uh, are also dealt with in this particular form. So it addresses the mechanisms uh, that are required by caregivers uh, to care for children that are often abandoned, which must be read within their 1A, as we indicated uh, initially. So these children may or may not necessarily uh, require a foster care placement purely because they may require a legal mechanism to enable them to make decisions for children in need of care. So without this clause, uh, we may not be able to deal with the comprehensive issue dealing with foster care. So that's why we included it so that we can be empowered to do so. Further than that, it makes uh, the legislative provision uh, more accessible, serving the best interests of the child at, at the end of the day. Uh, the next clause, Honorable Chair, is clause 56. This particular clause, Honorable Chair, in conjunction with clause uh, 77, uh, it seeks to put a control mechanism to ensure that the required standard for provision of child uh, protection services is achieved because uh, the whole concept of foster care is part of the child protection service. So it, it needs to be uh, dealt with in that particular fashion so that we uh, provide for a comprehensive uh, legal solution at the end of the day. So it will contribute to a legislative response to a challenge relating to foster care as required uh, in terms of the structures for the desirable child protection system. So it is a required mechanism uh, which also responds to the second leg of the uh, of the judgment. So it, it responds to the mechanisms uh, that need to be put in place so that at the end of the day, uh, we achieve the, uh, uh, the comprehensive legal solution to foster care. Uh, Law 77, uh, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, uh, seeks to address the systemic challenges by providing adequate resources we will recall that one of the issues uh, which has been a, 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 a thorn regarding foster care is the issue of tools of trade, resources, and all that. So this clause will enable the functionaries uh, to uh, deal better with this particular issue if it is uh, part of the bill that can be processed. Now, otherwise, without it, uh, the, the whole issue will not be uh, uh, complete. So it therefore... Uh, uh, it is therefore required in order to put in place the required child protection mechanisms and structures to maximize uh, compliance to the entire Children's Act and thus uh, deal with the issues that are not uh, uh, adequately resourced so that at the end of the day there can be that completeness. Again, uh, with regard to this particular clause, uh, it, it, it looks at the establishment of the child protection units, uh, which will strengthen the comprehensive social work assessments, uh, which must take place in order 
people to come make a decision at the end of the day that the child is in need of care and protection. And thus uh, provides a response, uh, prevention and early intervention uh, services, thus minimizing the need for children placed uh, under foster care. Uh, clause 82, uh, honorable chair, uh, seeks to amend or to, to, to limit the placement of orphaned and uh, abandoned children in the foster care uh, uh, scheme. So if that uh, is affected, that uh, limiting the placement of children into the foster care scheme, the foster care scheme itself will not be uh, overloaded. Uh, there will be that kind of a limit so that at the end of the day, we don't have big numbers for foster care that will be a, a, a challenge. It therefore has to be read in conjunction with Regulation 55.1 uh, of the regulations uh, to this particular legislation uh, in order to ensure the comprehensiveness of the uh, legal solutions that we need to achieve at the end of the day. Again, honorable members, uh, still with regards to clause 82, it will also contribute to the comprehensive legal uh, solution by addressing a symptom uh, which seems to be a lack of comprehensive social work assessment, as has been indicated uh, uh, initially. So it will be looking at the systemic challenge uh, through the establishment of child protection units by putting a specialized child protection model as a systemic mechanism for provision of child protection services. So such an undertaking will strengthen the social workers' uh, responsibilities relating to uh, sections uh, 62, 155.3 and Regulation 51 as uh, cited uh, earlier. Uh, that is one of the critical uh, uh, children's court processes. Uh, that is employed to determine if a child is in need of care and protection. Again, honorable members, uh, still with uh, clause 82, uh, the indication is that an approach to limit such placement of children in the uh, foster care uh, system uh, will also be taken into account uh, that it does not infringe on the constitutional right of children, but uh, uh, placing children properly where they belong, uh, whilst uh, taking the burden out of uh, the foster care system. So that's the modification that we are uh, proposing in the comments that have been received. Uh, will therefore put an additional control mechanism to ensure that such children who may be at risk if in the care of family members are not automatically excluded by virtue of relationship. So we will also be looking at that kind of a situation so that we address uh, the comprehensive part of the solution. Again, still, uh, and lastly, on, on clause 82, uh, this clause uh, will we, we also complement the Social Assistance Amendment Act and its regulations, uh, because you will remember that when the court ordered that the minister must uh, introduce a law uh, in terms of coming with a comprehensive legal solution to foster care, it's not only this legislation, it's also the Social Assistance Amendment Act that was passed in 2020, which looks at the top-up uh, grant. So these pieces of legislation have to be read together. So this provision will in some way uh, assist in, in, in terms of that because it has to be read together with this particular legislation. 
that has already been passed. Uh, Clause 83 uh, will contribute to the decision-making process in relation to what I've just alluded to in Clause 82. So it is more in the decision-making process because it will contribute to this process in relation to process part of the comprehensive legal solution. In terms of Section 155, we must remember that is 155 of the Act. There is a requirement that a social worker is to investigate whether a child is in need of care and protection. And because of that kind of an assignment, that assignment has to be construed in the context of uh, clauses 82 and 83, because they complement each other. As uh, I indicated in the beginning, that the manner in which we have to understand these provisions is that there is some interrelationship uh, in terms of how they have to be implemented at the end of the day. Uh, further than that, honorable members, honorable chair, when we look at clause 84, which is one of the clauses uh, that we have identified as a collective, uh, the, this clause clarifies uh, uh, the issue of caregivers within a foster uh, within a cluster foster care, which will contribute towards the comprehensive legal solution because it will minimize the confusion regarding the responsibilities of the caregivers, as contemplated in uh, uh, in this particular section in the legislation. It will therefore simplify the cluster format uh, foster care mechanisms that uh, we, we deal with. And at the end of the day, it will promote compliance uh, to the provision and diversify the scope of foster care services that, are sub, uh, that support uh, the comprehensive legal solution and which also form part of a comprehensive cluster foster care uh, regulations. The issues of compliance will also be addressed uh, through this in terms of uh, supporting uh, clause 56 and clause 57 of the amendments because there must be a compliance kind of mechanism that has to be put in place so that the system does not uh, uh, fall into pieces at the end of the Excuse day. Excuse me, yeah. Okay. It's green, we must say clear again what to other people. That's happening. If there is nothing that they can see. When I are looking at the yes, laptop, yes, I'm saying gadget, I did, yeah. I did not pick and up then, that. Yeah, yeah. Now I didn't until I was advised. Was it at this particular slide? Yeah, yeah it's only that particular. Take the people and mm? no, until the end of the
Recording stopped. Uh, th th thank you very much. Oh, sorry. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, um.
Um, so we, we are really just uh, highlighting progress with regards to the 350 grant in the terms of the current iteration. Of course, you know that this is the third iteration that uh, we are now.
Uma mão por ti na chave e saga, Oh, you really want to meet him?
Member Abrams? Member Abrams? Hi, Lindy. Can you hear us now? I can I can hear you, yes. Okay. Uh, DSD, can you hear us? Uh, yes, we can hear you. Oh. Can other, the stakeholders can hear us, just one or two of them, so that we can proceed? Are we audible? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay, thanks. We're going to, going to proceed. You you are muted, Lindy. Okay, sorry, sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yes, I can. Oh, okay, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, we are saying we are in plus eighty-four, which relates to the clarification they can give us like provision. Uh, towards the comprehensive legal solution was minimizing. Confusion regarding the responsibility of the caregivers. And at the end of the day, it will also simplify the cause of a cluster four star care which will be about to also promote compliance with the provision and diversify the public care services that are supported by the comprehensive cluster four star care regulation, which leads to the that support at and seven of the Again, honorable chair, still on uh, on the presentation clause eight five. So we are saying this amendment uh, provide another provision to address uh, the mechanisms required by taking care for children that are often or abandoned that may not necessarily require foster care a place. Well, sometimes there is that condition where we say that often child or abandoned child and are falling into the foster care system. How does a provision clarifying that if that not always the case, then it will minimize uh, the overburdening of foster care system. It will therefore promote uh, one of the plans that promotes security and stability a child's life by considering adoption, for example, as the first option and not foster care as uh, the first option. Again, because a drive uh, would provide another problem to address the mechanisms that are required uh, by caregivers to care uh, for children that are banned or abandoned, uh, who may uh, not necessarily promote uh, require the necessary foster care. Therefore, uh, provide the legal mechanism that says uh, uh, necessary to think about the comprehensive legal solution to get. Clause 86, uh, Honorable Chair, is one of the 
uh, especially for once it comes door, it are often that it take away that kind of reluctance, uh, so that at the end of the day, so it will also strengthen uh, uh, section uh, one eight of it, and therefore we
Yes, thanks. Yes, Jefferson. Um, so you are very faint, Jefferson, but I can hear Lindy. Um, can't hear anything now. Hello. Alex. Yes. Like I say, we can we can hear you, but it cuts and goes. Lindy seems more audible. Yes, Chairperson. Hello. Yes, we can hear you, Chairperson. Hello. Yes, we can we can hear you. Okay, can check the state for us. 
tem corrido muito tempo. Eu vi muito
So, so yes, I was able to hear Miss um, Liz Knight, and I can hear. However, the audio from the room you're in does cut now and then. Okay. Yes, okay. I 
decision to adjourn the meeting, especially to deal with the foster care issues due to the technical pitch. But the committee can proceed with its internal businesses, you know, that can, so if it can make decisions. And currently we are a quorum. We can proceed to adopt the committee report on the APP of DSD as the debate is scheduled for Friday the 13th. So we need to have the report adopted and being ATC tomorrow that you can be able to debate and it becomes an official document. Last week also, there was an issue of the revised second term program. It's also an internal business as this committee, which is a quorum, 
can proceed and adopt those two documents on today's in this meeting. So I just wanted to 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 to, to request to, through you, Chair, that at least these two documents can because we're able to. Are you saying, Chair? I just heard they talk about cancelling um, the meeting because of difficulties. Okay. Your, 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 your sound is very, very bad, Chair. I still can't hear you people properly. You're breaking up all the time. But were you able to hear? Sorry, sir? Were you able to hear honorable daughter? No. Only mm -hmm. time? Yes, I cannot hear. I hear the I can hear you there, yes, now. Only time, where am I? Hey, where are you, Leticia? Kijk eens, dat is het eerste programma dat ons moet adopen. Ik heb het gevoel dat ik het heb. Ik heb het Wat is dat? Okay. Okay then. Signor.
Kwa hivyo kwa hivyo kwa hivyo kwa hivyo kwa hivyo kwa hivyo Recording in progress. Recording stopped.
Recording in progress.
And then the last one, like I said, is those areas that tried as key focus areas. So basically, that's the report. Now, me, I then present as I have just alluded, or you want to go to page by page. You need to be guided by Okay. Unfortunately, chairperson, on the same page, page six, I I request members to guide me because I don't see huge numbers on this this one. There are deliberations that the committee made from the auditor uh, general's presentation. Yes. So the first one, I'll read it as it is written here. The committee re, re okay, what happens is there are certain issues chair that we raise prior. So then I will then use the that you re iterated on those concerns because they also um, raised them during this deliberations. So the committee reiterated its concern over the lack of consequence management and that officials are not complying with necessary policies and regulations. Lack of consequence management is demonstrated by the fact that some of those implicated are no longer working for the end. It also noted with concern the AG's findings on vacancies in critical positions and the serious implications. Uh, oh, I tried my computer to correct things of that on the functioning of the institution. I think I was saying, sorry, sometimes I have things. It also noted it concerned the agency's findings that at Sansa, some officers were appointed not have qualifications. It also noted the concern raised by the AG regarding weaknesses in the IT security management of the department may mm. leave with vulnerable to cybercrime. It sought clarity on AG's view of the status of the preventative controls at and its are there any that are still outstanding? Are the preventative controls contained in stages performance management as well as employees? Does the AG uh, keep a dashboard on the recommendation it has made in finding preventative controls? Here, what I did, I, I took um, the declarations and where they were finishes when then. All right. Um, the AG explained that the preventative controls that were previously touched on related to COVID-19 measures, and many of them have not been fully implemented. That is a good uh, 
The next one, the committee also noted the concern the findings of made on the MI, that would be the irregularities, particularly relating to the payment of 350 SF grant to ineligible beneficiaries. But to know the extent of the material losses had and to what extent this was due to adequate controls. AJ explained that SASA management is of the view that adequate controls have been put in place, but based on audit controls, not the case. SASA is operating in a paperless environment, and that makes the administration payment of challenging. SASA used all the databases, which led to overpayment in some cases. Databases are not always accurate and complete. Also, SASA only receives databases for a particular month, two months after it has made a payment. It is important, therefore, for SASA to still conduct its verification. It should also use as many databases as it can to try and identify ineligible beneficiaries. For example, it can also you can also verify using bank databases. A means test is another important method that can be used, and it must be done by the banks. It can also use the National Student Financial Aid Scheme and its Unemployment Insurance Fund (UIF) database. The next one um, in 2021. Over 200 million was lost on the payment of SRT grant to ineligible. It still needs to be established what the potential amount was lost between August 2021 and March 2022, as well as well who the ineligible applicants are. The next uh, question the committee also wanted to know what is the age's view? On the development of outcome indicators by the social development portfolio. The AJ reported that the 2002-23 performance information shows that there are technical indicators and targets that should be linked to the mandate of the department and During the audit process, it reveals whether there is alignment between the audit process and what is contained in ABP and the legal mandate. It advised the committee to be involved in the planning process. The committee should ensure that the said performance information is within the ambit of issues. Okay, so that's, that's the deliberations on the presentation by the Auditor General. Should I pause here to take input and then go to the next? Or should I just read all of them? Okay. Okay.
Uh, on the um, when I because the system remember I was trading that day, so I was that was in, in, in some case. But when I listened to the lady recording, we listened to the recordings. There are certain uh, questions that two chairperson draws that will be answered by the department. And I remember this one was one of them. So it's covered somewhere in the responses form. But if it's not actually, please I'll let me in, then I can do that. Same as yours, Mama um, Paris, the 2000 jobs within NDA, it's that the Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, because the, yes, this question, some of them were raised during the celebration, but the same made a drawing that said they, they are not for the end. For the end. Yeah. Thank you. So I will speak then to the celebrations on the presentation from Yes, this was from the age. Okay, and that is on page um, page twenty two under section six. Yeah, sometimes they change a bit depending on the. On page 22, uh, uh, section 6. Okay. I'll take the first one. The committee reiterated its concern over the continuing vacancy, the position of the Director General, and when will it be filled? Because equally concerned about other vacancies in senior management level. Other departed indications of these vacancies, the committee raised the same concern over the past two years. The department explained that with the budget cuts, especially on the of the to impact on the prioritizing uh, of the department had a budget cut of 495 million, and that has resulted in it not being able to fill all the vacant posts. 
is gone. Then the next question the committee yet again expressed its concern about the continuing shortage of social records. Uh, and yet there are many social graduates who are unemployed. This was clearly, clearly demonstrated by the social mm -hmm. graduates who protested in Barcelona over their unemployment. The committee wanted to know how many social workers were employed in the 2022-2023 financial year. The department reported that it was engaging with a number of relevant government departments on the employment of social workers. The plan is to develop a joint to engage the departments, which will be finalized in July 2022. There is currently no budget for the employment of social workers. However, provinces have been engaged to extend employment contracts of social workers who are employed on contractual basis. The department is also conducting an audit from provinces on how much capacity they need. There has been a refrain from National Treasury from funding employment of social workers. Uh, it has said advice that departments relook and reprioritize this competition budget. Next question: The committee sought clarity on the 207 social workers trained in the adoption policy. Will they be newly appointed social workers or employed social workers? The department explained that these social workers will have three years and above. will be trained on the adoption policy. It sought clarity in the department, the committee sought clarity on how the social relief of success uh, would be prevented as part of the Social Assistance Act when it's not legislated in the act. The department reported that it had, it had drafted regulations of the payment of the grant. It was waiting for concurrence from the National Treasury. The next one, the committee reiterated its concern regarding delays in finalization of investigations of irregular protests in West Palestine, particularly at Sasa and at Wanted to know the reasons for the delays and whether the patent employees are still working for the department. If so, what risk does this pose on the department's payroll? It also wanted to know what is the department doing in real time to address the delays applications on irregular What progress is made on outstanding cases? Are there any key performance indicators for senior management regarding finalizing of this? The department explained that in all performance agreements of senior managers, there are aspects of how it should be placed by the agency. With regard to challenges at SASA, the department holds regular entity oversight meetings. Importantly, it's in the process of finalizing amendments to SASA Act, which include provisions for the establishment of the board. Committee 
First, I wanted to know what are the nine districts the anti gang status and strategy is planned to implement. Department responded that the nine districts are Western Cape Metro North, the Debang in Hatem, Echequini South in Bazirunatai, Francis Park and Harib in the Free State, Kharsibande in Kualanga and, and Vembe in Limpompo. With regard to the Department's plan, plan 92 municipalities on how to integrate migration into integrated development plans, the committee wanted to know if the department has a clear plan to train municipalities on. Migration has presented municipalities with a lot of challenges. There is sprawling informal settlements, the need for basic services, and government social assistance. addressed. In reference to the AG's concern regarding weaknesses in the department's IT security department, the department unable to stop at time, the committee to know what mediating place in the exact course. That's the engagement with the department's chairman. Okay, culture is not changed. I'm just going to write it nicely later.
the committee wanted to know how quick was Sasa's response to the natural disaster that is had in Basel. Sasa responded. Sasa responded that the disaster relief team had been deployed for a few days after the flood and had deployed 1,500 people to qualify for the relief. <clears throat> there was no additional budget allocated as this was part of the normal allocation. Okay, with the constant high levels of fraud and corruption in the grant payment system, which also involves SASA and SAFO, officials, the committee wanted to know if SASA ever considered doing an overall rating of its officials. It can, this can be one avenue to eliminate fraud and corruption. SASA reported that it holds regular meetings with SAFO and receives cases for reinvestment. SASA has also been working with the fusion, with fusion centers, and that has made a difference in the fight against fraud. I'm not sure the fusion centers are. That's what reported. Because SASA is not a bank, it is not in charge of payment cards, but with the new appointment of post CEO, it is hoped that this challenge will be addressed. With regard to the relocations of the cost management center, the committee wanted to know who the new service provider is and the reasons the previous one could not continue with the work. The question was not addressed. With the challenge of, may, of many new mothers not being able to register their newborn babies for children's rights and long the committee wanted if SASA could consider implementing free registration at health facilities as a way of as I explained that the challenge is that mothers often don't have the required documents whilst they're still the facility. Even though it provides information pamphlets to health facilities. There's also a challenge of understanding of the test for child support. Where people think they do not qualify for the grant because they end income. This can particularly be observed in more urban, uh, urban areas where people are employed on a part-time basis or occasions. There is a need for more information dissemination. The committee wanted to know what progress has been made on SRT grant appeals as there's a lot of people waiting for the come of the appeals. Sasa explained that it has not been able to attend the study in one and the numbers are frustrating. Play is partly due to delays in finalizing contracts with the banks for 2023. Sasa has amended the application process for the grant as, as with the end of the disaster management period. The grant will be part, paid as part of the social assistance. Also, appeals will be dealt by the appeals tribunal. The regulations for the new processing of the grant were finalized and submitted to national trade. There are people around 300,000 
the cycle, we have not collected their grants. Casa has sent messages that is SMSs, reminding them to collect their monies. As a result, there has been a increase of people collecting their grants. The committee also wanted to know if Sansa can determine if this is in the ages of mothers and place them in this program. First, it expressed concern on the possible impact of closure of staple branches on the payment of wanted to know if SASA has a contingency plan. SASA reported that there is substantial budget amounting to 19% of its budget allocation to key items within the services that go to TAPO. There is a continuous monitoring of the experience of its level TAPO. When there is non-compliance with the SLA penalty charge, for instance, 17 billion was deducted in one budget allocation. I think this covers your question, Mama Sukas. SASA has a contingency plan should SAFO not be able to deliver, but it's important to note that minimal amount of clients, use SAFO as payment option. Therefore, the numbers are likely to be affected upon a The committee sought clarity on the target those pay points and what, what impact it will have on beneficiaries. Thus, explain that the reduction will be done in a number of ways, such as relocating the pay point to a better resource pay point or to rechannel beneficiaries to other payment channels. The committee also wanted to know. What progress has been made on the implementation of the organizational change the Director General reported on in 2021-2022 financial year? What has what has what has been this tangible outcome? Sasa explained that the process is planned to be rolled out for 24 months. Officials were trained on it and evaluation was conducted and the report received for the culture and change. A detailed operational plan can be forwarded to the committee. The next question for the consent, the committee expressed a concern that even though at the beginning of the current administration, a statement was made by DSD that there will be new social development sector. Thus far, there has not been tangible harm or impact demonstrated by the percent of at SASA office. And nothing was addressed there. The committee also explained that expressed a concern over the challenges of overcrowding at the perpetual SASA office. SASA explained that there have been around four or five important settlements that have met around the area. This happened when some offices in the area had to be closed to various different social issues. Challenge has also been non-compliance to standards some offices in such as Michel Spain, Kailicha, and Kailicha. These challenges have resulted in overcrowding in neighboring um, service offices. SASA has engaged with the Department of Works and Infrastructure to open two additional offices. The issue of the office is a priority. The committee also raised a concern that in Georgia, the 
has to assess Africans for the political. Just explained that there was a lack of science commitment doctors, but requested to be awarded with reporting there. Okay, check. That was for Sasa Chetan. Can I proceed? So you, you want to raise it as a concern? Okay. I'm proceeding to the end today now. Right. And the deliberations are on 32. Yes, under section 9. Section 9, page 32, 36, 36. And the section of mine. <clears throat> the committee reiterated its concern about the lack of visibility and impact of the NGA. For instance, it can play an important between uh, the 47% of people rely on social grants through its programs, thereby its mandate. NDX explained that its impact and visibility has been uh, negligent due to the previous services that model that did any impact. The committee uh, was equally uh, concerned that 7%, that is 2.8 million budget, goes to the compensation of entropy when there is a serious step of impact. This is also despite the 7 million budget for travel and subsistence. It seems, uh, the NGA, it seems as if the NDA is just a channel or a friendly point funding goals and not funded The NGA explained that its budget structure may look up but according to section 3, subsection 2 of the NGA Act, the budget allocation to the NDA should be for operational costs. Section 3, subsection 1 of the Act provides that the NDA should raise funds for funding from the documents. The NDA has not made a strategic move on how to expand the Section 3, Subsection 1. However, the general strategy seeks to address this. Furthermore, the resource must 
Association has been established to focus funding. Currently, the NDA is only allocating 14 million for SEO funding, and that is not Furthermore, the budget cuts have had a catastrophic effect. As demonstrated by the student 7% budget allocation to CEO employees. This has made it difficult to implement the core mandate. The reason given by National Treasury for not increasing budget allocation of the NGO has always been that ESG has to reprioritize and a function shift to NDA so as to allow. So as to allow more funding and implement the commandment. This has not been done by the department. This is one of the reasons that the agency decided to formulate a general strategy to attract funders. It has also decided to fit some of the second posts, otherwise, had it not done, had it not done it, would have been rendered useless. It, it was going to have a very high CO budget. With much less budget. Next one, the committee re also re reiterated its concern regarding lack of consequence management for those implicated in the irregular and fraudulent expenditure. It wanted to know what measures has the NDA put in place to recover money's itself. NDA explained that 1 million irregular and fruitless expenditure dates back from the previous financial years, and unfortunately, it has never applied for condemnation. For it to obtain a condemnation, there should be some requirements that have to be met, such as dissemination of financial work. Some of the cases involved involve procurement of office space without following STM, and so there are no substantial financial loss. The agency is currently investigating. A 15 million irregular to the finisher, and depending on the, on the outcome of the investigation, it may recover it. The committee wanted to know when will the vacancy of the city going to be filled. The NDA explained that. Um, that the recruitment process for the filling of the CEO and board vacancy has been completed and submitted to the Minister for Approval and for the cabinet. At the end of April 2022, there should be an appointed board. This is a date that the NDA had agreed with the Minister. The appointment of the CEO process by the new board that is committed to happen three months after the appointment of the board. The committee also wanted to know the deadline of the implementation of the general strategy and the cost associated with it as an external service provider was due. The NDA reported that the deadline for the implementation of the general strategy is service provided. The service provider was appointed for a period of 12 months. 
May 2021 to April 2022 at a cost of 4.5 million. The committee uh, sought clarity of how the 3,000 work opportunities for youth implemented and how much uh, how, how much would they how much depends The NTA responded that the work opportunities implemented from various programs, such as the volunteer program, 2000, UIF, and grant funding program. The agency works to create with the UIF. It went through a competitive bidding. With program, it issued a request for with grant funding, it issued request for proposal and proposal formulation where it supported community development. The committee also wanted to know to what extent the funding of this goals will be affected with the medium term budget cuts. Also, how the entity is supporting this raise um, fundraise. The NDS plan that is supposed to is also its capacity, through its mandate of capacity building. The committee also wanted to know how the NDA plans to support food generation projects, particularly in the context of increasing food prices. Um, the NDA explained that it supports and funds locations also known as the Community Assistance Development Center, CNC, and also by assisting them to start several gardens and poultry. Committee also wanted to know what progress has been made regarding the allegations of corruptions that were made against the CEO. The NGA reported that National Treasury only approved the interim accounting officer at the end of November 2021, and the office immediately appointed an appointed investigation officer. They were given 60 days to complete the investigation. The report would then be provided to the whistleblower. If there was uh, mismanagement of the money, the case was referred to the South African Public Service. That's the end of the celebration today. Covered. Okay. <laughs> I can see the smile in your face. Okay. So, where I need most assistance is the documentation. I do, I craft or I draft them uh, using the, uh, the deliberations that the committees or the observations made by the committee. Okay, with regard to the department, I'm on on session 10 now members on the same page I just finished up with the preparation. The minister should ensure that the department within the 2020-2023 financial year fills the vacancies in critical positions, particularly that of the secretary. The minister should ensure that the department within the 2020-2023 financial year puts in place to secure its IT management, such as the firewall, so as to protect it from cyber crime, which is a serious threat. 
Also, with the advent of COVID-19 pandemic, department is dedicated to implement most of their services digitally. The minister should ensure that the social development portfolio within the 2022-23 financial year addresses all the findings and recommendations made by the Secretary General and reports to Parliament on progress made quarterly Parliament in brackets and that is for the USP. For the SASA, yes, Okay. I think we all Okay. Okay. Yes, my turn. You are the touch, and I will then go up to the deliberation and the
Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, thank you, because, yeah, I just had to send you because this is a report on the deliberations that I didn't I suppose, as we said, then the committee may, I don't know, mm -hmm. yeah, the opportunity here. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe think about it. Maybe even ask the department to come and present. To come and present. As part of, of what you're sorry. <laughs> another another way to of exercising oversight on on matters where you think is of importance the committee has a right to request the department to come before it and present whatever subject matter they deem it necessary to do so maybe we can try to locate allocate a slot for, for the department to come and present the plan of, of social work. Thank you. Sorry, I just have to write that. 
concern okay now i'm on page uh okay now the pages have shifted on my side because i've just added some uh, notes i'm on page 49 39 on the report yes 10.2 okay the minister should ensure that sasa within the 2022-23 financial year addresses the autonomous funding on inefficiencies in the verification process of SRT grant beneficiaries. SASA should make sure that it uses updated databases prior to making social grants payments. The minister should ensure that SASA within the current financial year investigates and take action on the auditor's findings that some of its officials were appointed without qualification. The minister should ensure that SASA implements or strengthens its human resource policies on vetting and academic clearance of its employees as one of the measures to prevent fraud and corruption. The minister should also engage with the Minister of Communication and Digital Technologies on the same matter for those employees who work within the social transparency system. The minister should ensure that SASA expands its, um, its information dissemination on the pre-registration of services health for children's social grants The information should be disseminated to other channels such as media, inclusive of social media and mainstream media. The minister should ensure that SASA within the 2002-23 financial year finalizes all appeals on SRT grant, including those dating back to that's not the sauce from it that would come up with. Proceed Chairperson to 10.3, which is the NDA. <clears throat> and the same page, Chairperson. Minister should ensure that the FTA with the 2022-2023 financial year fills the position of the CEO. Minister should also ensure that within the current financial year, the NDA board Appointed. The minister should ensure that the NGA board within the current financial year conducts and finalizes investigations on the allegations of fraud and corruption against the previous CEO. I thought Chair, I should put that as a recommendation, even though it was reported that it's going to be done. So should I understand? <clears throat> okay, on section 10, Chair. As I explained earlier, these are the areas I thought I should highlight as the key focus area that we identified as I was drafting the report and going through the preparations. So, based on the APPs and IHS report presented to the committee and committee preparations, mm -hmm. the following are the key focus areas of oversight for the committee for the year implementation of HS recommendations for the committee. Reported on on this on this report on page six, the development and implementation of the joint 
by DST to engage other government departments on the employment of social workers, which is to be finalized in July 2022. I suppose it can tie in with the, with the, the suggestions that there must be action plan tabled in Parliament. The working relationship between SAPO and SASA with regard to the implementations of the SLA, particularly, particularly the possible risk of SAPO financial challenges and closure branches on the payment of social grants. The committee may need to be briefed on the contingency plan SASA reported it has, has to use in case SAPO fails to deliver. This is an important oversight area for the committee as SAPO accounts for 19% budget allocation of goods and services. The implementation outcome and impact of the organizational change at SASA. Implementation outcome and impact of the turnaround strategy at the NDA. The budget allocation structure at the NDA as provisions of the National Development Agency Act. How the new service delivery model and turnaround strategy address this challenge. It's another critical focus area as it significantly affects the funding of festivals implementation of the entity's core mandate. In relation to the aforementioned, make a follow-up of the advice by the National Treasury of a function shift from TSD to the NDA that would allow more funding of the NDA to implement its core mandate. And the last one, share progress on the investigations, investigation and of investigation on allegations of fraud against the previous
Concern that the committee raised about the, the, the risk of the sample of branches closing and impact on the on the on the payment of grants. Yeah, yeah. so it is it is yeah. So a recommendation can be made. I yes, I'm trying to get my mind how I can draft it. Yes. <clears throat> Yeah. 
Sorry, I'm 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 struggling to have a bit of recommendation on this one. The, the one about um something about yeah that uh, so now the announcement so I missed it, ma'am. The announcement was that SRT will no longer be paid by a sub. Okay, so we need to find a way that would link the SLA, like Mama says. How? What about it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can I just ask the assistant who can assist me? Can we then put that as a resolution of the committee in the minutes instead of of minister coming to the committee about the May resolution? Yes, May resolution, yes. Okay. About the closing down of the, 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 the post office. No, no, no. Pulling away. Oh, the three fifty part. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. It's in the program. Okay. 
Community programs. I am Okay. No. 
suggested in in our meeting last week that we need to uh, table the the revised program uh, for it to consider and adopt we have done that with the chairperson and chair and members today we were supposed to deliberate and on the children's amendment bill uh, the foster co- uh, foster care clauses and well as to adopt the report on APP and the uh, and the community program. And next week, the 11th, unfortunately, we haven't done the foster care deliberations. So next week, we're going to start with the deliberations and input on the children's amendment bill, which is the foster care clauses. On the 18th chair, yes, next week, on Wednesday. Uh, we will try to apply outside parliament, Fungile. Is busy with quotations uh, or submit the applications to sit outside. Um, uh, we're supposed to do the A list, which I don't think it, that is possible. Uh, it's going to be in the hotel, maybe by conference room. Uh, we're going to check that, get three codes. Um, and then the, we're supposed to adopt, to consider the A list after our deliberation. So, uh, today's decision will have an influence in the program going forward. Um, Chair, on the 25th, uh, we're supposed to adopt the bill. I think on the 25th, uh, we will have our A-list. Uh, if time permits, what we can do with Umjengane is to also look at the B version, if the committee agree on the amendments. So we present the amendment list 
as well as the PVESH at the same time. And then at the data stage, the next meeting, uh, which is the, the 1st of June, uh, Chair, we're supposed to do the briefing on the new reg uh, regulations um, on the payment of social relief of distress, as well as the consideration. Oh, and then uh, chair uh, on the 25th as well we were supposed to have a, a presentation by the content advisor if you recall numbers there was a fundraising amendment bill that was presented uh, by DTG, Uprenda Sileko, where the department uh, consolidated the five dormant accounts into one account. So we advertised that bill, and we received only one submission. So uh, it's, it's just a technical bill. So um, because of the change, so it's going to be on the, the next date, maybe you can put it on the first as well as well and then the 8th of june members uh, we will deliberate and on the input of the fundraising amendment bill as well we received uh, uh, the briefing on the uh, dsd and its entity on the third term quarterly report on the financial and non-financial performance 2021-2022 so this is part which informs the PR that the committee needs to you consider the section 32 reports, which is, is the, the quarterly report, so that by the time we get into Petrobar, all the quarterly reports have been considered by the committee. And then on the 15th uh, members, we will consider and adopt the B list on the, um, I think it's a, sorry, it's a, it's a typo, on the fundraising amendment bill, as well as uh, the presentation by the content advisor on the five-phase strategic plan 2019-2024. to So members, because of today's um, decision, some of the activities might fall over to the next to the next um, quarter. But I will sit with the chairperson and, and get advice as to which items that might fall away. But we, in our discussion, maybe the chairperson will guide those that are of priority, like the SRT new regulations, Etc. So I think in two weeks' time, members, if um, uh, there are no other challenges, we will finish the children's amendment bill so that it can go to the NSOP. Thank you, Chair. Thank Yeah. 
Yes, we advertised on the national, regional, and local newspapers. Yes, so it came through the that public through through that uh, newspaper publication.
And then children, cup took over and we went to the provinces. Okay. Can I try? I will respond to two things. One from Umemba Masango, and then one from Umemba Sukaris. Firstly, the process of the bill when the executive um, tables the bill before Parliament. They have their own process of gazetting and whatever. And then and they, they named the bill as a children's amendment bill. And then the bill went goes to the joint taking mechanism where parliaments will sit and legal and the speaker, whether to take the bill as 75 or as 76. So this bill has been taken as section 26, which means that it's been introduced to the National Assembly. And then after we've done with our process, it will go to the NCOP and then to come for concurrence. And then now, the motion of desire in the process after we've consulted the stakeholders as the constitution requires us to do so. And then we find and we satisfy that we need to proceed with the bill. As the MOD, it's a certificate for you to go to close by close as we are doing now. The decision, the committee in the process of that after adopting the MOD, and then they just prioritize the issue of the court order. There's nothing wrong with the MOD that you adopted. It doesn't change because we say we deem this bill fit for the committee to consider and pass so that it can comply with the court order. So we are still driving with that MOD, though even though we said we want to only consider the foster care process in the children's amendment bill so that we can comply with the court. The name of the bill will remain as a children's amendment bill as tabled and introduced to parliament at the executive. Now that it's only the amendment that we are concentrating on the, 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 the foster care clauses, you know, up until the end, it's gonna be the first, the children's amendment bill, bill 18, 2020, and then in our report, we express as to this particular day agreed to take a decision to only consider a foster care amendment. So there will be no new MOT being adopted in the current bill that we are at. <clears throat> there will be a new name change. The bill is introduced by the executive because if we change the name, there should be that process starts from the start. And then the executive must go and gazette. They must go to the cabinet and, and table this new bill. It must be approved by the cabinet. There must be a certificate of the bill by the advisor. It must come to parliament. Parliament must do their own processes. So for now, we'll proceed with the children's amendment bill as introduced to parliament. What will happen now when we do the committee bill? Because after we've completed the process, the, our legal advisor will draft a new bill, which is maybe there'll be a children's second amendment bill. So that 
outstanding the 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 the, the clauses that the bill didn't consider it will be contained on the second amendment bill that one would be the, the process will be shorter because the court the constitution provides us to advertise we will advertise national regional and um uh, our community newspapers are requesting input but we know we'll have our input so and then we'll go to the mod again on that particular bill that is drafted the committee bill to be drafted by the legal advisor and then we'll consider the thick document when we consider the clause that would be the first thank you okay Yes, <laughs> 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 